0: All right. And what's up? Welcome in. Wes Mitchell here. Chris Clark. Wednesday episode of the show. GC Live, as always, brought to you by Clint Hammond of Movement Mortgage. ClintHammond.com. 803-771-6933. Again, he's Chris. I'm Wes. Uh, shout out to Clint, as always, for being our presenting sponsor. A uh, simple version is you want to buy a house, call Clint. He'll help walk you through the rest of that entire process. Um, we're we're going to give this South Carolina versus Auburn men's basketball showdown tonight. Two top ten, two top 15 teams. Um, South Carolina just barely outside of the top 10 of the latest AP poll. 830 tonight. SEC Network. We're going to give this the football treatment. And with that, we actually have a, a special guest here who joined us already today. If you missed it on 107.5, it is Justin Hokinson. Chris, I mean, the guys at Auburn on three, I, I feel like, um, I mean, they, they do a fantastic job recruiting football and basketball as well. I mean, I would almost dare say not that it is similar paths to their coaching careers, but we're sort of seeing at Auburn um, kind of a football first school what can happen If you can have some men's basketball success and their, their fan base under Bruce Pearl has just been completely bought in, man.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, man. Bruce Pearl has actually done this on the basketball front at a couple different schools. He did it at Tennessee. He did it. He's done it now at Auburn where he's injected life into the basketball program and made those programs really good. And he also did it quickly, you know, in terms of the product on the court and just the kind of energy, the revitalization of the programs. And he was actually is somebody that I point to as an example of, and I know there's mixed opinions on Bruce Pearl, right? But the results, right, of, hey, you can turn it around. If you make the right hire, if you do it the right way, You can turn it around and it doesn't have to take five years, you know, in order to do it. And we're kind of seeing that with Lamont Paris, right? We don't know what the long-term trajectory looks like with him or what the long-term results will be. But the trajectory does look good. And he has certainly taken this South Carolina program from one that was in the doldrums very much. Not very good in terms of record. The excitement was eh, very meh. Now, excitement is the highest we've seen in years, and the on-court product is really good, and he's done it very quickly, right? So, fascinating matchup, very important matchup. The matchup that Bruce Pearl, he said basically, hey, if we want to win the SEC, we got to beat South Carolina, and, and he just kind of bottom-lined it. This is a game that I think we're looking at, West, maybe similar to the Tennessee game that South Carolina ended up winning on the road, but Auburn has been excellent at home. Uh, they've won six straight in the series. They're the only team in the SEC unbeaten at home this year, and they've won 15 straight games inside Neville Arena. Um, they've been they've been absolutely outstanding at home, uh, not only this year, but as of late. So tough matchup for South Carolina. Tough matchup for Auburn because the Gamecocks are a really good team as well.
0: Yeah, and there, there's a couple of different reasons for that on both ends that it's going to be a potentially tough night for for either side. Uh, Auburn currently favored by eleven and a half. That is, I would say, just a compliment to to who they are and and who they are at home. ESPN's matchup predictor, their basketball version of what we would call the FPI, tracking things in football. eighty nine point seven percent Auburn the favorite here, and that I, I know that's all. I th- I do think it's a little bit funny, no offense guys, when people get mad about what an analytics set, like that's all math and <laughs> yeah. whatever they're just plugging into this algorithm basically. But still, that, that does South Carolina have a better than 10.3% chance to win this game? Absolutely, in, in my opinion. And generally, I mean, 115 is not a small number, but... It is not obviously an astronomical number either. So I I am a little bit surprised that the sort of matchup projector there predictor for ESPN isn't a little bit tighter than that. But anyway, let's go ahead. Let's go out to Justin. This is pre recorded, but it was just from a couple hours ago. And like, like Chris just mentioned, pay attention to what he says about how they have done at home and the sellouts they have had at home. Much smaller arena to be, it's not apples to apples, much smaller arena than Cloner Life Arena. They went the route of modern, fresh, smaller arena and uh, and making it super nice. It has paid off for them in terms of atmosphere. But uh, let, let's go ahead. Let, let's go out to Justin. This is about 10 minutes, and then Chris and I will come back and chop it up after that.
2: Welcome back in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler Head, West Mitchell, Chris Clark, along with you, Wrapping up today's show, big matchup tonight on the Hardwood. Men's team heading down to Auburn to take on the number 13 Tigers. Tip-off at 8.30. Pre-game coverage starting right here on the game at 8 o'clock. Joining us now to discuss this matchup, from Auburn Live, the on-three site for the Auburn Tigers is Justin Hawkinson. Just first of all, thanks so much for taking your time this morning. This Auburn team is a different kind of animal in Neville Arena, uh, undefeated at home this season. Closest game they played was that 11-point win over Texas A&M a little bit earlier on in conference play. What is it about that home environment that this Bruce Pearl squad seems to thrive in?
3: Yeah, they are a different team. Um, it's just, they just feed off the energy. I mean, it's just, it's become a really, um, a really good home atmosphere. They've got 50, I guess it's 52 straight home sellouts now. Um, and so the way, it's, the way it's sort of constructed and built, I mean, it's sold out, it's packed. Everybody's kind of on top of you. Um, the roof's kind of low, so it keeps a lot of the noise in. So it's just a loud venue. And the way that Bruce Pearl's teams play, which is trying to create some havoc on defense and run when they can. And um, it just creates a style that's fun and exciting to watch. And the fans just really get into it. And if Auburn can get on a run when they get on some runs, um, the crowd just, you know, goes, goes crazy. And It just becomes a tough place to play. So, um, I mean, they had a 28-game home win streak last year. Going into last year's snap, now they're at 15 again in a row. So, it's just a place they're comfortable in. The crowd feeds off it. They feed off each other. Um, they play off of one another, and it's just a it's a tough place to go in there and, and, and beat them and try to hold them down from going on those runs.
1: Justin, Chris Clark here. Thanks for joining us. So I, I want to go to the tempo aspect of this game because I was reading this morning on AuburnLive.com. You had some great a great notebook, basically, with a lot of stats, analytics, insight into this game. Really good read for everyone to go check out. But uh, you noted, you know, Auburn's tempo under Bruce Pearl—they like to run. On the other side of that is South Carolina, who definitely wants to slow down the tempo. You noted that uh, Evamia's analytics has South Carolina number three hundred and fifty-five nationally in tempo. So, what is it very, very important to Auburn's success from what you've seen this season to be able to push tempo and play fast and get their opponents into that type of game? Um, I would say –
3: I would say what's important for Auburn is to, is to create turnovers on the defensive end and, and, and blocks and steals. There, it's not – I mean, Auburn wants to play fast to some degree. They're not the fastest team in the country by any means. You know, if you go look at tempo the other way, I don't even know if Auburn's in the top – I don't know, I'd have to go find them, top 30, 40. They're not necessarily a team that wants to blitz down there like Alabama, let's say, and shoot the ball – within the first 10 seconds that not that's not necessarily Auburn but they they do want to get out and run they do want to try to take advantage of of some early looks in the shot clock but more importantly they they have to create turnovers um, and get blocks and steals and then turn that into some fast break opportunities they definitely want to run fast break wise they don't necessarily want to go down there and shoot within the first 10 seconds so uh, it's a little bit it's a little bit of both but the way South Carolina plays they just they slow the game down so much. Combine that with a with a physical team, team that doesn't make a lot of mistakes, a long team, and it's the kind of team that can cause Auburn problems. I mean, in years past, this South Carolina, the way this they're, they're sort of built the way they play, is the type of team that can can beat Auburn, that can cause them issues. It's why Texas a and has had success against Auburn over the last handful of years. They do a similar stuff, slow it down. They play good defense. They their physical. Um, that game earlier in the year, Auburn beat them 66-55, So it was kind of that. It was a much slower-paced game, lower-scoring game for Auburn. So yeah, I think it's a good matchup for Carolina. I think it's a challenging matchup for Auburn um, at home. I think Auburn will will be able to go on some runs, but I do think that matchup-wise, Carolina's tempo and the way they sort of go about things um, is a is a good way to to try to slow Auburn down and match up. Against them, limit limit the runs, limit the energy, things like
0: that. We're joined by Justin Hokeson, Auburn live on the Own Three site. Go check it out for the Auburn side of this game. uh I tell you, Justin, this is honestly probably from a South Carolina fan perspective, one of the biggest basketball games South Carolina has has had in quite some time. Lots of excitement here about this game, and um, I, I was just curious. A lot of Gamecock fans have started to to even watch Auburn this past week against Florida, uh, but, but for maybe people who haven't really tuned in that just know, hey, this is a good Auburn basketball program, but haven't watched a ton of them this year, who are maybe just from a big-picture context or in the context of this game, who are a couple of key players for Auburn that South Carolina fans should maybe have their eyes on tonight?
3: Yeah, I mean, it starts with it starts with Janai Broom and Jalen Williams, Auburn's frontline guys. Um, at home, those guys are fantastic. Jalen has had some struggles over the years on the road and big games on the road. But at home, he's generally really good. So it starts with those two guys. Janai's your center at 6'10", and Jalen's the forward. Those guys combined for 50 points against Alabama a week ago. Um, and so when they're, when they're on, they're, uh, they're tough. They're both left-handed guys. They're good around the basket, good touch. Jalen can step out and shoot the three. They're both really good passers. Despite being frontline guys. Um, and so the offense pretty much is going to run through them to some degree um, every time down the court. The, the, they're going to be involved. And so, like I said, at home, they're probably averaging, you know, they're probably combining for about 34, 35 points a game or something like that at home. So that's where it starts. Um, and then I think you move to. You know, I think you keep an eye on Trey Donaldson, who has moved into the starting point guard role at, over the last four games. Aiden Holloway, the former McDonald's All-American, started all year. Aiden's really struggled; He's struggled shooting. He's not shooting the ball well, so now he's coming off the bench. Trey Donaldson, who's a sophomore, is is in that point guard role. He's he's played fairly well, minus at Florida, where everybody basically played poorly. Um, but Trey's played pretty well as a tough, physical point guard, um, and he's done well at home. And then you look at somebody like. Um, Chad Baker, Mazzaro, who comes off the bench. He's probably Auburn's best three man, but he comes off the bench. Um, you know, because Auburn, Chris Moore starts, he's got a lot of experience. Chad Baker is kind of that energy guy off the bench. He's probably the better three, but he, but he comes off the bench. He's probably the third most valuable player on the team coming off the bench. he's a guy that probably averages about nine and four, but he does everything. He can assist. He can rebound. He'll draw some fouls. Um, and so he's probably another guy that you, that you watch coming off the bench. And then past that, it's just sort of a flurry of players. I mean, they play 10 guys. So whether it's Denver Jones at the two, Dylan Cardwell comes off the bench as a center, they've basically got two of everything. they got two true point guards, two true shooting guards, two true three, four, and five that, that, that they can come off the bench. They're not really mixing and matching in terms of putting a guy out of a position. They've got a true guy at all those positions too deep. So they'll run a lot of guys at you, but it's going to start with Janai and Jalen. When Jalen doesn't play well, Auburn, Auburn doesn't play well. When you go back this year, last year, you look at Jalen Williams, the game, he struggles, Auburn struggles. He didn't play well at Florida. He didn't play well at App State. He didn't play well at Alabama. I mean, all these games Auburn lost. Um, Jalen, they can win. Jalen can score and they can still, they can still lose. Jalen's sort of the guy that when he doesn't play well, they, they don't win. It's tough to overcome. So I would start with the front line. I think the front line is really, really good. I think everything else—it's sort of a sum of parts. It's not one great individual. It has to be a sum of of the whole of the whole for for Auburn to succeed and play well.
2: well. Hey Justin, we appreciate your insight. We're excited to see what happens. Should be a good matchup tonight out there in Auburn.
3: Yeah, should be should be a really good one, man. It's gonna be a good one.
2: Absolutely. Again, that's Justin Hawkinson from Auburn Live. Uh, Auburn's on three.
0: All right, guys. Yeah, Justin Hawkinson. Auburn live uh, on three sites. Go check them out. If you're, by the way, one huge advantage, you're a Gamecock Central subscriber. You can see all the content from all the other sites. And we don't have have a site for every single team South Carolina may play, but for the most part, you will have a fan site for for most of those teams, especially the in-conference teams. And they're, like Chris was talking about in that interview, there's a really nice preview that has some depth to it, that has some analysis to it of course sort of giving you a little bit of the auburn side on this thing and Chris I got to say man I I think that point about the tempo and sort of which team can dictate and as Justin said not that auburn is necessarily going to be alabama like they're just going to run 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 but comparatively to south carolina and i would throw in that that nugget about just how good they are at home South Carolina, because of the way they kind of slow things down and are so good in like half court offense, I feel like by slowing things down, by not turning the football or golly, by not turning the basketball over very often. Sorry, guys, football first here. Um they just don't really allow teams to go on these big high energy runs. And that's of course how you get an opposing crowd into the game. Is you can kind of feel it crescendo and and sort of build as the as a team sort of has a couple of those high flying moments. And so for for South Carolina tonight, uh, and really for Auburn from their side, it's kind of going to be about which of these teams can dictate how this game is played. I think. South Carolina, if they're hitting shots, has a style that actually could give Auburn some trouble tonight.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to steal a couple more things from Justin because he kind of had some statistics that perfectly illustrate your point. You know, pointed out in that interview that that style South Carolina plays, A&M plays kind of similar, and that gave them some problems course you don't want to just give problems you want to win this game so here's one actually from that same notebook Wes. you're talking about the scoring runs right auburn wants to you know cause havoc cause chaos defensively they want to cause turnovers and then get out and run auburn is top 10 in the country they're number nine in fact in scoring runs of 10 or better so a 10 a 10 nothing scoring run you know 12 nothing scoring run 10 nothing or better they're number nine in the country. They've got 23 of them. That's pretty good. South Carolina's only given up, to your point, six of those all year. Auburn has 23. So, you know, it's, it's opposing styles, right? Auburn, they cause havoc defensively. They get out and run. They hit shots. They get transition buckets. That's their game. That's their hallmark. That's what they want to do. That's what they've typically done. That's why they're so good. South Carolina, one of the reasons that they're so good, as you pointed out, is because they were able to turn the games into more of a slog for the other team, play really, really good defense. They don't give up 80 points a game. They haven't given that up all year. And then they're going to go down, they're going to play half-court offense, take time off the clock, take care of the basketball, and try to get good shots. And like you said, man, what, because of their style, if they're able to play that great defense, which is normally – That's what you're able to be more consistent at in the game of basketball. There are times where your shot isn't falling as much, but what can you be consistent at? Your defense, your effort, your rebounding, and then the way you play the game. That's why when South Carolina can hit their shots from outside, especially, they're very tough to beat. And so it's going to be very interesting with these two teams that have kind of differing styles. What gives? Something has to give in this game.
0: Yeah, and I, I think, man, the difference we've seen for South Carolina this year may be compared to some of their teams in the last decade or so. It, it's, uh, you know, in, in some ways that 2017 team, too, but um, it broke the mold a little bit. South Carolina not only plays really strong defense, but they do have shooters and they can score the basketball. And ultimately, I don't think you're going to go to Auburn and win a game unless your offense is playing pretty well too like they they're, they're going to have to hit some shots in this game. I don't think they can just grind it out and win. It, it ain't going to be 56 to 54. Like you're going to have to put up some points in this game, but I, I think to his point about let's say Texas A&M, that's a game Auburn won, but they won 66 to 55. So that was an absolute just um slugfest, grind it out and you look at some of their other scores, man. I mean, they scored they scored 93 against LSU, uh, 99 against Alabama. Now, like, almost half those, I think, were on the free throw line. Um, so, that was a different type of just slow-paced slugfest. Uh, 91 against Ole Miss. Then uh, several other games, 81, 82, and 80 against... Vandy twice, and Ole Miss. So, you know, if they if Auburn does what they want to do and turns this into, like, a, you know, they score in the 80s, I, I don't think South Carolina is going to have much of a chance to win this game. Now, the good thing is South Carolina has done a fantastic job of keeping teams below their usual averages for a season. So, to me, I, I kind of look at it, can, can South Carolina hold Auburn to maybe that low 70 or even high 60s mark? If that happens, then you're probably, much like that Tennessee game, you're looking at the final four or five minutes of the game saying South Carolina's got a chance to to go pull out a, a big win.
1: Yeah, and I think that's key. You know, you – I keep drawing the comparison between this game and the Tennessee game because I do I do feel like there's some some similarities as far as you know how difficult those places are to play the the talent levels of both of those teams and some of the challenges that they present and South Carolina just constantly just weathered the storm at Tennessee they constantly made big plays, hit big shots and then when it got down to the end of the game, they were in range to go to go home with a win right they they uh they were up. Tennessee kind of made their runs, and they were able to stymie them, and I think that's the goal here. Um, If Auburn hits some shots, if they get those transition buckets, if they're able to take South Carolina out of the game that South Carolina has played for almost the entirety of the season, that's when the points can come. That's when Neville Arena is going to get really loud, and it's going to become more and more difficult. And So if you're the Gamecocks, I think you just have to play this game in phases and pieces, and that's what they've been really good at under Lamont Paris, is is playing each possession is valuable offensively. Each possession is valuable defensively. Talon Cooper has just been so valuable to this team. You know, there was some, uh, an analytic that I gave you earlier today, Wes, from Evan Mina, Evan Mia, on his analytics site for college basketball, and Talon Cooper is the guy that his system, his computer system, rated as – you know, the most important player to this Carolina team. And I think that's because he perfectly embodies the style of basketball that they play, right? Play great defense, slow things down, get a good shot, value the basketball. And um, that'll be critical again tonight, obviously.
0: Yeah, they they just work the ball around so well, man. It, it's beautiful to watch. I, I think a lot of times you think of teams that slow the basketball down in terms of like, well, they're they're not very good on offense. And I, I think efficiency-wise in terms of just taking advantage of their opportunities on offense, this team, like this year, they tend to get some pretty good looks. They get good shots at the basket. It's just they're not going to take as many as other teams are because they aren't looking to run. So I, I would say as far as their half-court basketball um It's not overly complicated, but they just do such a good job of sharing the ball, and I I thought that was interesting. Justin talking about this Auburn team is kind of more than they are individually, like it's a sum-of-the-parts type team this year. I would say that would definitely be the case for South Carolina as well. You have some guys, and you maybe have an emerging superstar potentially in CMB, Colin Murray-Boyles. But for the most part, this is a team that we've seen on any given night. It can be a different couple of guys to, uh, you know, kind of just not take over the game, but to to pull a little bit extra weight and put them in a position to go win. So those are always fun because tonight we we may crown a a new South Carolina hero.
1: Yeah, I mean – this game is – who would have thought, Wes? You, you may say, ah, oh, all those people who call – like I've seen this a lot on social. Oh, all these people picking South Carolina at the bottom of the conference were idiots, whatever. And, you know, you could have qualms. Well, you should have picked them 10th instead of 14th. Dude, I don't know if anybody saying that was like, you know, hey, in, the, in mid-February, South Carolina is going to be in range to win the conference. Like, come on. I don't think anybody would have picked that. Um I didn't pick I have a I have an easy cop out. I didn't pick the SEC basketball standings. I don't follow it closely enough to be able to do that. I did kind of like this team's experience, the guys that they brought in and the kind of the differing skill sets, but there were still plenty of questions about a team that quite frankly wasn't very good last year. And man, the the new faces, I mean, credit to the guys, credit to Lamont Paris. They've been outstanding, you know, in every facet. And to have the opportunity to go out and you know win this game tonight and possibly win this conference in year two, the turnaround from what we saw last year is pretty tremendous. Pretty tremendous, no doubt.
0: Yeah, and uh, I, I want to hit on a couple of those points, but first, going to tell you about a couple of our other sponsors. First of all, it's our friend Andy Ludicky from My Perfect Franchise. Contact Andy today 404-973-9901, or shoot him an email. Andy at myperfectfranchise.net. You may be saying, uh, Wes, what what are you talking about? What does that mean? Andy is a franchise consultant. He's also a franchise owner, so he's got uh, firsthand experience. But what he does is he helps people find franchises that will then fit those people's skill sets, financial requirements, time to commit, and more. The best part is his services are 100% free. He is here to help you if you have any questions about business ownership. So essentially, if you're someone who is looking to kind of leave the corporate rat race, maybe you're doing a, you're in a job you're not really necessarily that happy with, you're wanting to live the American dream, or, or maybe you're just kind of looking to diversify, start a side hustle, build some wealth, and or leave a legacy, Andy is going to help you get started with that big step into franchising. Again, services 100% free, and again, you can get more information at myperfectfranchise.net. Contact Andy today, 404-973-9901. And one of our other friends you need to call right now is our friends at Liberty Tax, 803-462-5576. Tax time is upon us. You're going to want somebody who can help walk you through this process. You're going to want somebody who has a ton of experience, which Larry's team does. And guess what? Why not do it with a hardcore Gamecock as well? Support those who support the Gamecocks much like what we tell you with Clint Hammond, Larry, a huge Gamecock fan and uh, has been in the tax game for quite some time. He wants to help you with your taxes and make it a very simple process for you. Again, 803-462-5576. Something struck me, Chris, when you were talking about kind of these newcomers and this team and our expectations. And I think any of us could have looked and be like, man, this Talon Cooper. This, this guy's pretty good. Like, he's had a pretty nice career. And we, we saw what Michi did last year, and he was a transfer at that time, year two in the program. You know, you sat there and you said, man, this Miles Studi, this guy can shoot the basketball. Like, I kind of see what Lamont Paris is thinking as far as putting together some of the pieces. And you looked at Kyler Murray Boyles, and you were like, hey, these local guys, these, like, hoop heads that know this stuff locally talk pretty highly of this kid. And then you fast forward to now, and you're like, did they just hit on every single evaluation from this entire class? I know there are a couple of freshmen that, you know, we'll wait and see on. We'll see what happens down the road. But in terms of CMB, obviously, and Chris, in terms of their transfers, every, I mean, B.J. Mack, they, they go get him. He's taking a step up as far as, Um, level of competition, all these guys they brought in, man, have been, I would dare say not just what they thought they were, but possibly even more so.
1: Well, and I think that's where you credit the staff, right, for making those evaluations and then developing those guys. I mean, all those players, I think, have taken steps forward and grown their game, you know, in some way. And also, they've gelled together very well. It's a bunch of guys that all have different skill sets. Like, all those players that you described, they all have very different skill sets that complement each other. And then a common thread is, of course, shooting, right? Like, we've said this a a bunch of times, whether on here, whether on the takeover hour, on, on the game. The things that they were missing last season, primarily, they're missing a lot, experience and shooting, like, those were the two biggest things you could point to. Last year, it had to be, you say this all the time, for them to be in a game or win a big game, it had to be a Michi go-off game. He he makes a bunch of threes, etc. They needed more experience. They needed more shooting. And so now they brought in, like, those guys that you mentioned can all shoot, you know? Talon Cooper can shoot. BJ can shoot. Studi can shoot. Like, they, they brought in guys that can shoot, can defend, and all and all have – kind of other different things they can do. So they got more depth. You pair it with a great freshman who's continuing to come along, you know, in Colin Murray boils. It was just a fantastic class. And yeah, it's not too often that you really hit on all the guys, you know, even Stephen Clark, he's been supplanted by CMB, but he's helped this team. He's done some things for this team and he's still there if they need him as well. So, yeah, it's a good point. They they did hit on everybody, and when you do that, that's a way you can pretty quickly turn it around.
0: Yeah, and you know, there's a couple. We'll see what happens with the Arden Conyers. I I, I mean, I think uh, Morris Ugasuk has already shown he's got some potential. Obviously, needs to gain some strength, have a great off season in the workout program. But I, I like that pickup as well. You're starting to see a couple of their 2024s moving up in the recruiting rankings as well, and so. We'll see what they do in the portal, but we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Trey asking, guys, are we not going to talk about the elephant in the room? Of course, Trey, we're going to talk about the elephant in the room, man. Uh, but but I have a different take on the elephant in the room. By the way, for those who didn't see it, you probably have by now, Ohio State, men's basketball, they fired their coach, and as I think has been expected by many That Maybe not this particular situation, but many people thought maybe Lamont Paris was going to be a target of some major programs this offseason. And some of your your heavy hitters out there, make sure I, I credit the right one. I think it was Goodman. Yeah, Jeff Goodman. How about this for some irony? He says, the two names to watch at Ohio State are Sean Miller and... Lamont Paris.
1: That's crazy, yeah. You
0: couldn't uh, have written it better. But my opinion, wh- when was the last time you had schools coming in trying to steal your men's basketball coach at South Carolina? And there was ma- – I think. I think Frank – yeah. Flirted with a couple of teams in there. There was it, a couple, there was, yeah. There was all with, with Frank. That was a complicated, the entire era. But it was a complicated era. Yeah. And it, it went from teams flirting with Frank, Frank flirting with teams, um, uh, then South Carolina wanting Frank to, to lead. You know, it was complicated. But uh, right now – you are at a straight up. You're having a good enough season. You're having a good enough season that this high major program reportedly has your coach in their top two they're going to look at. That's a great thing, man. That's so much better than the alternative. Yeah. I the My buddies, like, Gamecock fan buddies, I got I, it went from this time last year. Hey man, not sure about Lamont Paris. You know, we'll see what happens to oh gosh, somebody's going to somebody's going to steal Lamont Paris from us. Like, what are we going to do? We're going to have to pay him this offseason. Okay. I'd much rather you be worried about that as a fan of your program than be worried about Firing a coach. <laughs> yeah. So to me, you know, we'll see what happens. I promise you, the people writing the checks at the University of South Carolina in the athletic department, they know if this continues the way it is, they're going to have to break out the checkbook. That's a fact at this point if it continues. But dude, you went out and you gave Lamont Paris a chance. He's going to at least listen and let you make your pitch to him. I would imagine. So I, I would just say, don't freak out over this. Enjoy this. Enjoy enjoy everything that's happening right now.
1: Yeah, I, I, Wes, are we in the territory where people are pre-mad about there not being like a contract extension or pre-mad saying that, you, you know how we talk about this? This is a theory of mine. It's not even a theory. People do it where they say, well, hey, if, if Ohio State ended up and, – and I don't know if – I'm sure he's under consideration, right? I don't know if he's number two, number 12. He's an Ohio native. native. He's been in the Big Ten. I'm sure they'll consider him, right? There's no doubt. And mm-hmm. any other school – any other major school that has an opening will probably go, man, look at what that guy's done at South Carolina in two years. He's really good. We should look at him. But I've already seen people kind of go, ah, they probably won't pay him. But people still do this with football. South Carolina is extremely competitive with what they pay. They're an SEC school. They can pay. This is getting way too far ahead. But if Ohio State said, man, we really want to go get Lamont Paris, Mm. if it ended up happening, I highly doubt it's going to be because South Carolina goes, ah, we're just not going to pay that, guys. I, I could be wrong, but I don't see that happening. I think people at South Carolina will do what it takes this off season, and this is regardless of Ohio State showing interest or not. After a year like this, you get an extension. I saw somebody in comments ask, you know, why there hadn't been an extension yet. You remember his his initial contract at South Carolina was a five year deal, I think twelve million dollars. After year one. I mean, you probably weren't going to give an extension at year one. I mean, there's no reason to do it from a timing standpoint. And frankly, they didn't have a good year. And Not that he was expecting, hey, you need to go out and have a go win the SEC in year one. Nobody thought that. Year two, if there's progress made, that's generally a time where you see a contract extension. Well, they've made more than progress. They've been really, really good. And so I think regardless of the Ohio State picture, this is something that's being discussed. I'm sure. And you know, you and I, I know we'll dig into it a little bit more to kind of see where things are at. This is something we'll probably be tracking in terms of a new contract for Lamont Paris. So we'll see where it goes.
0: Yeah. Um, by the way, y'all apologize if my side's been choppy. I, I've been getting the notification that connection is unstable. Um, I might have to look into that. Hopefully. So question for future reference. When it's choppy on my end, is it just the video like does does the audio still is it fine or is everything choppy so it's, y'all, it's, both. Y'all, it's boat oh sh- that's not good um <laughs> that sucks yeah sorry y'all i don't when on my end i can't see it it all looks normal except for that little notification so i can never tell but yeah Tay says audio and video Hmm. yeah i don't know what to say i got to look into some things on that but Uh, let's see. I, I think we hit most everything I wanted to hit on anyway, Chris, uh, you got any final thoughts on the game, man?
1: No, looking forward to it, man. Valentine's date night, right? Auburn, South Carolina. going to be good stuff. Yeah. I hope y'all planned well.
0: Hopefully, um, hopefully y'all, uh, planned your, your Valentine's dinners for earlier. And then you can watch the game at 8.30. So we'll all watch it together, and then we'll we'll talk about it later on this week. Uh, all right, y'all, appreciate you. Appreciate y'all hanging in. Appreciate y'all hanging in with the issues. And uh, if you couldn't hear anything, check it out on the podcast platform. It'll be posted a little bit later on. But for Chris, I'm Wes. We're going out of here. And uh, shout out to all our sponsors as well. Appreciate y'all making the show possible. Uh, we'll talk to y'all soon.